Hi, it's JP Mac, and welcome to Liberty Relearn, not just another conservative blog. Hello, I am indeed your host, JP Mac, and welcome to Liberty Relearn, not just another conservative blog. Today, we are going to talk about the World Economic Forum that uh, just recently met in Davos, Switzerland, and of course, they are up to all of their Bonvillian antics. And, but there are a couple of twists this year. Uh, one of them is that Argentinian president, um, Javier Mieli, uh, gave an address to the World Economic Forum. And so I want to go over that a little bit today. And... Uh, so we'll give a little bit of his speech. Um, he gave this speech to the World Economic Forum. Uh, not usually known for, I don't know, liberal thought. Um, pretty much associated with authoritarianism and globalism. Um, but Javier Malay um, had some different thoughts about uh, the direction that uh, the World Economic Forum and the globalists lean. So, uh, I'm going to play for you a few of his thoughts. Okay, here is Javier Malay uh, talking to the World Economic Forum. Good afternoon. Thank you very much. Today, I'm here to tell you that the Western world is in danger. And it is in danger because those who are supposed to have to defend the values of the West are co-opted by a vision of the world that inexorably leads to socialism and thereby to poverty. Unfortunately, in recent decades, motivated by some well-meaning individuals willing to help others and others motivated by the wish to belong to a privileged caste, the main leaders of the Western world have abandoned the model of freedom for different versions of what we call collectivism. We're here to tell you that collectivist experiments are never the solution to the problems that afflict the citizens of the world. Rather, they are the root cause. Do believe me, no one better place than us Argentines to testify to these two points. Alright, and that's a bit of Javier Malay at World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. Alright, so now I'm going to play a little bit more of Javier Malay, uh, President of Argentina, who is a big-time libertarian. And he's going to talk a little bit about how he sees socialism in the 21st century, or the modern um, formation of socialism and collectivism. So he gives a pretty good description here, I think, about uh, what the modern term socialism means, as opposed to like the classical definition. So, I'm going to play a little bit for you now. Presence of growing returns 
um, involves concentrated structures, what we would call a monopoly. How come then that something that has generated so much well-being for the neoclassical theory is a market failure? Neoclassical economists think outside of the box. When the model fails, you shouldn't get angry with reality, but rather with the model and change it. The dilemma faced by the neoclassical model is that they say they wish to perfect the functioning of the market by attacking what they consider to be failures. But in so doing, they don't just open up the doors to socialism, but also go against economic growth. An example, regulating monopolies, destroying their profits and destroying growing returns automatically would destroy economic growth. In other words, whenever you want to correct a supposed market failure inexorably, as a result of not knowing what the market is or as a result of having fallen in love with a failed model, you are opening up the doors to socialism and condemning people to poverty. However, faced with the theoretical demonstration that state intervention is harmful and the empirical evidence that it has failed, couldn't have been otherwise. The solution to be proposed by collectivists is not greater freedom, but rather greater regulation, which creates a downward spiral of um, a spiral of regulations until we're all poorer and the life of all of us depends on a bureaucrat sitting in a luxury uh, office. Given the dismal failure of collectivist models and the undeniable advances in the free world, socialists were forced to change their agenda. They left behind the class struggle based on the economic system and replaced this with other supposed social conflicts which are just as harmful to life as a community and to economic growth. The first of these new battles was the ridiculous and un unnatural fight between man and woman. And so there he is, he's talking about more of what I would consider to be leftism, he calls collectivism and socialism, kind of all the same thing, but uh, does give one a good idea of uh, where he's coming from. And so I just wonder uh, how well this speech was received in the World Economic Forum, because he's talking about deregulation um, they're talking about regulation they believe that regulation is the best thing for the world people have too much freedom and they need to have their freedom reined in uh, he's a libertarian and so he's saying no things work better when people are more free to choose and so it's interesting to see uh, if any Buddy from the World Economic Forum takes this to heart because a lot of what we've been hearing from the World Economic Forum, uh, particularly this this time around, their their whole theme is um, is uh, trying to curb you know alleged misinformation or disinformation but um, from where I'm standing or where I'm sitting it is they who create you know on the left the globalists who are the producers of uh, misinformation or disinformation so you know when I talk when I think about 
uh, misinformation or disinformation. You know, I'm thinking about things like the Hunter Biden laptop story being squashed. Uh, that was an exercise of misinformation when these experts, so-called experts from the FBI and other intelligence agencies said that it was, had all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation, well, actually was did have a hallmark of American disinformation, American deep state disinformation. But that's what they're obsessed with uh, seemingly in uh, Davos uh, this past week in their little get-together. And so I'm going to play one more clip from uh, Javier Malay's speech to the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. Uh, I think this is the part where he's giving a description of modern socialism. So I'm going to play this little clip for you. The West has unfortunately already started to go along this path. I know to many it may sound ridiculous to suggest that the West has turned to socialism, but it's only ridiculous if you only limit yourself to the traditional economic definition of socialism, which says that it's an economic system where the state owns the means of production. This definition, in my view should be updated in the light of current circumstances today states don't need to directly control the means of production to control every aspect of the lives of individuals with tools such as printing money debt subsidies controlling the interest rate price controls and regulations to correct the so-called market failures they can control the lives and fates of millions of individuals. This is how we come to the point where by using different names or guises, a good deal of the generally accepted political offers in most Western countries are collective experience, whether they proclaim to be openly uh, communists, fascists, Nazis, socialists, social democrats, uh, national socialists, democrat Christians, Christian democrats, neo-Keynesians, uh, progressive, populist, nationalists, or global so do you notice how in there he uh, slips in fascists among those uh, collectivist ideologies which are detrimental to you know human existence on this planet um, that's something that I've been saying you know uh, it's a mistake not to talk or to talk about uh, collectivism and socialism and not include uh, fascism and of course they have like these nicer terms, you know, like uh, democratic socialism and even Christian socialism or, or whatever uh, terms they use, particularly in Europe. And so it's, it's interesting to talk, uh, hear him talk about uh, socialism and collectivism in that manner and that tracks what I've been saying for a long time in this podcast, you know, all of these collectivist ideologies, um, socialism, communism, fascism, you know, they are all authoritarian in nature in that they have, the only way they can be made to work or seem to work 
is through force, through governmental force. And uh, that is one of the main themes of uh, Javier Malay's speech here to the World Economic Forum. So I believe he did a good job. It was a great speech. Um, I hope you will listen to it. Uh, if you do follow the podcast uh, at LR Podcast, I have the speech up there. Um, so if you have time, it's not that long. It's less than 30 minutes. Um, it's a good speech, and it covers a lot of the things that I talk about in this podcast. Plus, he gives a lot of the facts and the percentages, um, particularly as a it applies to his country of Argentina, you know, saying that they used to be a world power, economic power, and then they slipped to, like, somewhere in the mid-100s of all of the economic powers, you know, since they've gone down this collectivist route. And finally, uh, his, his people have had enough, and they demanded a change, and so they recently elected him as their president so hopefully he will be doing good things from uh, in Argentina for his people I think if he sticks to this libertarian uh, policies and allows free market capitalism to thrive in his country I think he can make a good example for the other South American uh, democracies, uh, not to mention, uh, you know, North American and, uh, and European democracies also proved that, um, that, uh, you know, free market capitalism can work when it's tried, because we know socialism doesn't work, and they say, well, it's never really been tried, and we can counter, well, you know what, we're going to try uh, every time a free market capitalism has been worked, uh, tried, it has worked. And so hopefully, uh, I believe we will have uh, some success stories um, from Argentina. Um, if he can manage to um, you know, govern wisely and stick to his principles. And so, um, at the conclusion of the speech, and there's a good transcript of his speech. I'm sure there's a few of them. But this one is from the National Post. So it's from Canada. But, you know, they should be pretty interested in uh, reversing globalism and in favor of free market capitalism since they've kind of strayed. So I'm sure there's plenty of people who are interested in, in um, Canada uh, in, in what he said. So I think that he can serve a good model um, because Lord knows that Trudeau is not a free market capitalist the way that Malay is. And so um, I'm just going to read to you the uh, last bit of his speech, um, obviously tran translated into English. Uh, he says, therefore, in conclusion, I would like to leave a message for all business people here and those who are not in person but are following from around the world do not be intimidated by the political caste or by parasites who live off the state do not surrender to a political class 
that only wants to stay in power and retain its privileges. You are social benefactors. You are heroes. You are the creators of the most extraordinary period of prosperity we have ever seen. Let no one tell you that your ambition is immoral. If you make money, it's because you offer a better product at a better price, thereby contributing to general well-being. Do not surrender to the advance of the state. The state is not the solution. The state is the problem itself. You are the true protagonist of this story, and rest assured that as from today, Argentina is your staunch and unconditional ally. And so you go, uh, pretty good speech, pretty wise words. I mean, I think that's what we're all about here um, on this podcast. So I see uh, Javier Malay as just one of many new leaders who have come up in response to globalism to say, no, you know, you're not going to take our farms and our livelihood and uh, things of that nature. You know, you're not going to disrupt everybody's lives because of your theory of global warming or equity or, you know, whatever, you know, your left-wing theories that never seem to work the way that they're advertised. Um, basically because they ignore human nature. Um, so we will be hearing and seeing more of him, I'm sure, and I look forward to it. I um, wonder if the World, World Economic Forum will have him back again next year. Um, maybe they'll open themselves up to more uh, freedom of speech. Maybe they'll um, you know, actually, uh, entertain freedom of speech and, and diversity of opinion and ideology that the left, uh, so far has not seemed, uh, you know, very interested in, uh, doing or dealing with, but maybe, who knows, maybe the WF is turning a new leaf here. Um, one could only hope. But we, yeah, um, libertarians and conservatives, I think, are on the rise worldwide in politics as a direct result of the globalists kind of overstepping their authority and their boundaries and their programs not working the way um, they advertise a lot of the time. It's funny because you hear the, you know, if you listen to the panel discussions on the WF with an objective mind, like not all of the things are really kind of like the Bond villain sort of thing. Some of them are common sense, um, but there are those disturbing things. Like they have a very disturbing um, tendency, particularly this year, to worry about uh, misinformation and disinformation. But they, I don't think they can come to terms with their own misinformation and disinformation like what well, clearly was the case during last uh, the, the election of 2020 when 
they squash the Hunter Biden laptop story. Um, that was misinformation. That was very clearly misinformation, disinformation, when they had the so-called um, experts say that that was most likely uh, Russian disinformation. Well, it turns out, no, no. What they were doing was the disinformation. So, I mean, if the World Economic Forum leaders um, are willing to consider that, then I'll listen to them. But until then, until they can acknowledge that the disinformation that's come from the left, which is a lot of it, uh, I don't really want to hear about the supposed disinformation, you know, about vaccines or climate change or any of that sort of thing. You know, it's funny, it's like they're not... Um, saying that these things aren't factual they're saying it's disinformation so it's giving people the wrong idea and by the wrong idea i think they mean the, the idea not what that doesn't pursue their narrative and so what doesn't jive with their narrative that is what they consider to be the wrong idea and anything any information that goes against that is disinformation so what they mean disinformation is really uh, information a lot of times counter to what they're trying to sell. So you have, again, another year, another World Economic Forum in Davos. Um, but it was interesting to hear from Javier Malay um, speak uh, truth to power the way that they did. Maybe some of them will take their words to heart and uh, we'll see. Um, some people have said that maybe the WEF's um, um, authority or whatever um, is waning, their influence is waning. Um, that may be the case. Maybe there's some uh, cracks in their armor uh, or whatever, but you know, it is welcome that you know, at least they were willing to host um, Javier Malay, so, you know, kudos, you know, good for doing at least that, having some semblance of diversity of thought and ideology, so, you know, credit where credit is due, they, they allowed him on, I don't know if they're going to allow him on next year, but, you know, we'll see, we'll see, maybe they will um, become more interested in seeking balance than just um, pursuing their own programs by the ultra-rich for the ultra-rich at the expense of like ordinary people so often you know you know we to them you know I've said it before we're just numbers on the data sheets to them on a spreadsheet we're just facts and figures to them we're notional beings to them we don't exist you know our suffering if we don't have enough if we can't afford to heat our uh, homes during the winter and we suffer because of that, well, that is not, you have to understand that's not real to them. That doesn't occur. Um, that is just to them, that's just less fuel being used and they don't see the suffering necessarily that's connected to their policies. And that's one of the problems, that's why I'm glad to hear people like um, Lay talk uh, to them, be able to call them out to their face. And uh, like I said, believe it or not, 
um, you know, if you listen to our discussions, it's not all Bond villain evil stuff trying to take your stuff and your freedom. But a lot of it is, and a lot of that gets done, and a lot of it turns into policy. And so that is what scares us who are interested in things like liberty, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness or the pursuit of property, as um, Javier accurately uh, described basic libertarianism um, to the audience there in Davos. So good for him, good speech. I hope you will look it up. Again, the uh, particular version that I, well, the transcription and, and the actual speech itself is in the National Post. So, you know, you can read it. You know, I can read a Canadian good enough. So, uh, give it a read. It's not that long. It's pretty interesting. He has a lot of good ideas. Um, you know, I can't really argue with anything that he actually says there. So, uh, we will leave it at that. World Economic Forum doing their thing, but, you know, they get to hear a little uh, feedback this time uh, from some world leaders. So, maybe that will continue. We will see. Home town will tell. So, I want to thank you um, for watching and or listening and following Liberty Relearn at Liberty Relearned. We're at LR Podcast on Getter, following Liberty Relearned on Facebook, and uh, following LibertyRelearned.com online. And please like and subscribe, you know, particularly if you're watching us on Rumble. And again, thank you, and until next time, stay healthy.